Christmas Happy Welcome to the Think Different Podcast and Merry Christmas, not Happy Holidays, it is Merry Christmas because we don't work in retail and we don't have to say that crap anymore. (laughs) Welcome everybody to the greatest season of them all, it is Christmas time and we're celebrating this week with a little bit of cheer and joy. We thank you for joining us on this podcast today, joining us for this Christmas week, but I am Will, TLD. Vafitas along with Vacation Tim Santoro and we are the former Apple geniuses that left Apple earlier this year and now we are here doing a podcast talking about Apple Store stuff. But I am freshly back from the Florida weather and of course I come back right into snow today as of this recording. But Disney was an amazing experience. Uh, I got to ride the rise of the resistance. In fact, if you check out our YouTube channel, I put up my GoPro footage of that ride and you can just hear my reaction during that video of how you know how crazy it was and that it wasn't just a ride it's an experience yeah that's the best way I can handle because your ride starts from your very first what you normally consider a pre-show at Disney it starts right there and you don't even know it so yeah I mean I don't want to give a lot of it away Uh, I want people to go ride that ride. But if you do not care, go watch the video. You'll see the spoiler of uh, how everything went down. But the trip was amazing. You know, we went to the Paddlefish restaurant, did a really nice job for us. In fact, they gave us a plate of dessert that said happy anniversary with Mickey ears and chocolate. I didn't ask for that. They just gave it to me. Yeah, they just gave it to me. And I ordered flowers ahead of time that matched like the bouquet that she had on her bouquet on her wedding day. And they did it perfectly. It almost, it actually made Tara almost cry. That's awesome. That's really cool. It was very close. It's giving me the chills, man. Yeah. That's cool. Disney just has that flair. Like they said, happy anniversary to us because we had a shirt that said, my wife said, best anniversary ever. And then mine said, most expensive anniversary ever. <laughs> nice. I like that. So that people like the shirts, you know, and then people wish us happy anniversary, how many years. We took some great photos, went to the Christmas uh, event, and that was really fun. But I got to tell you, Hollywood Studios with this with this Galaxy's Edge, yeah, you don't have to be a Star Wars fan to appreciate it, but it was really, really fun. In fact, I got stuck on Smuggler's Run. They had to take me off the ride. But it was funny. They said, put all your electronics away. No one's allowed to take any video or photos. Oh, yeah, they were kind of like strict on that. Oh my god, where'd you put it? Yes. Like you had to put it aside or something? So I had to go out of the bottom area that was back behind the the backstage area of Galaxy's Edge. So they really try to make sure that you don't have any like secrets. But it's it's really interesting. It's in like a circular. Everyone's in like a circular theater, and you're in your own like part of the circular theater. And the door where I came in was like a little bit like above me. And I had to go back down like a bunch of steps to get out of there. So it was really interesting. But they gave me a free fast pass because I was stuck on the ride. Oh, cool. So, yeah, yeah. And what's really another cool thing when the ship was broke, when it wasn't working, the ride wasn't working, the character in the ride went on the video screen and said, uh, We're having technical difficulty. You know, he's actually like part of the story, which is actually really cool. 
Yeah, I mean, they got to be so creative with that stuff, right? Like, they think of everything. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. I got to tell you, get to Disney. I don't know the last time you went, Tim, but you got to go. I went last summer, so they were building Galaxy's Edge. Um, and it was when the Avatar ride and stuff opened. So yeah, this, this blows Avatar out. Like and Pandora's like they, that ride is really good too. Like that, that's other than Tower of Terror, that's probably my next favorite ride. Rise of the Resistance beats everything. Yeah, it I want to do it. And I got to I had to get there at six fifteen in the morning. Get, uh, the the park opened up at seven a.m. I had to get there at six fifteen, and they do it in groups when you're called in, and that's how they did it, which actually was pretty smart. Yeah, that's how they did it for so, Toy Story when it originally opened. Right, so they did exactly the same way, but a lot of people, if you walked in the park at 8 o'clock, you were out of luck. Wow. Yeah. If you go check out my Instagram in my Disney highlights section, you could see a lot of the film I shot that day, a lot of the pictures I took that day, and you could see a, a, a shot of crowd of people there. It was just incredible. And what's your Instagram handle, Will? It is uh, WV Productions NJ. Yeah, don't forget that NJ, it's important. Yeah, you gotta don't forget that engine. It'll lead you to a site you don't Our, want to be at. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so instead of doing news and having a subject, we wanted to stick to one specific thing here today. So what we're gonna do is we are gonna go down the decade of Apple from 2010 to 2019. We are gonna pick out five of the best moments that we feel Apple did, whether it's a product or a moment, and the top five worst moments of Apple. We're going to discuss that. There's a lot that we had to gather up and decide on, but we narrowed it down and we don't know each other's lists. Yeah, yeah. It's like a little secret. It's a little secret. We keep secrets from each other. <laughs> <laughs> One that our wives don't need to know about. <laughs> All right, so we're not going to do any fancy sound effect. Let's just get right to it. Sure. So, Tim, what do you think? Should we start with the best or the worst? Uh, let's start with the worst and then end on a good note with the best. Yeah, people want to hear the worst anyway. That's what yeah. I want people to hear about. <laughs> it's, it's, like watch, it's like watching news. We only care about the worst stuff. Right, right, stuff. Right. I'll let you take it away. I'm going to start off with the iPhone 7. So the iPhone uh, 7 was released. I wonder released, why. <laughs> the uh. iPhone 7 was released in 2016. And at the time, you know, it was it was... A slight upgrade from the iPhone 6s, you know, had better processing power, improved camera, you know, the whole jazz that goes along with that. However, the aftermath of the iPhone 7 experience for a lot of customers was very poor. Too many quality programs that happened um, that Apple initiated with the iPhone 7. Um, some are the battery program. So the iPhone 7 was more just a giant headache for both an Apple Afterwards. customer. Yeah, after it was released for both an Apple customer and an Apple employee. And for some reason, people held on to these phones for a very long time. Uh, I know my buddy just upgraded from the iPhone 7 when the iPhone 11 came out. So people are holding on to these phones and they're putting money into repairing them. And it's just, it's sad. Well, remember, this was, this was the first time that they also had the liquid uh, right. recorder. Yes. They had that. So that was a big thing. They had the two cameras, and uh, they had the two cameras in the phone, and then everything came afterwards. It was it was all about the mic problems, uh, a cellular chip that had to get fixed, and there was a, a searching failure. And there was just so many quality programs that happened with this iPhone Seven that I agree is definitely one of the worst iPhones that were released, only because of how many quality programs were put in place with it. 
Yeah. Now I'm going to give you a good one. This one's going to go back way back to 2010. It is Apple Ping. Apple Ping? Or iTunes Ping, if you want to call it that. So do you remember iTunes Ping? Because it sounds like you don't. No, I do not. It was a software-based, music-oriented social networking built into iTunes. Okay. The idea was, at the time, of course, social media in 2010, you know, you're thinking of that. This was basically music artists have their own social media channel inside of iTunes, which connects you to all their songs, all of their people who are kind of like them, and it allows you to like buy tickets through them. Oh. So that was... Oh. Now, this, now, Steve gave a demo on this, and we were try, We had to push it so hard. And when we got on Ping, I looked, and I'm like, I don't know if I'm going to use this. <laughs> and then they had spam accounts, then they had fake accounts pop up. You were allowed to make your own Ping account, but then there were a lot of fakers going up there. And it was only available in the iTunes store. You couldn't get it any other way. It just didn't work and it was so bad that it stopped as of 2012 oh so, so that's how really short-lived very very short-lived yeah i mean so, i think i briefly remember it now that you're describing it i didn't know it was called the ping like the itunes ping um but i do briefly remember that this is kind of something that was teased and we never got it um, so I'm uh, well. You might know what I'm going to describe. Yep. The air power. I didn't put that on my list. I'm surprised I didn't. <laughs> so I didn't think of that when this came. So it came out with the iPhone 10 launch, and it was hinting at the fact that this was going to be released in 2019. It was a wireless charging pad that was going to be able to charge both your all three of your phone, your Apple Watch Series three or higher, and Apple AirPods. When when the new wireless case came out for the Apple AirPods. And you can do it all on that charging pad. It plugs in via lightning, and it'll charge all your devices all at once. And even with the Apple AirPods, it charges both the case and the AirPods itself. It was going to be awesome. These things were going to fly off the shelves. It went back and forth of, like, what are they going to charge for? How much is it going to cost? They kept hinting at it, giving out the specs and whatnot. And then it just went away. They just said they weren't going to do it. And there's been like other like third-party companies that have made these kind of wireless pads and stuff like that, but the fact that it didn't come from Apple, and then there was also like the whole rumor that at some point they were going to have one of these be included with an iPhone purchase. That was like a big rumor as well, um, if they were going to include a wireless charger with the iPhones. But if they couldn't get this AirPower figured out, then it's never going to come to the phone anyway. But man, I was yeah. really excited for this. And it was just, it's like such a tease because I would have bought it, really it 100%. Was. And I would have that, upgraded that my a- AirPods to the wireless case. I already had a Series 3 Apple Watch and I had the iPhone 10 when it came out. So it was perfect for me. I'm glad Apple didn't release it at the end of the day if indeed it was going to burn your house, <laughs> you know? Right, so, right. It, that is, yeah. So that was, I think, the biggest fear was that the coils inside were just too hot. And it would cause some kind of an effect. But for Apple to announce air power, you know, this was during while we were there. And we just waited and waited and waited and nothing happened. It was just very rare that Apple would announce something like that and then never follow through with it. But, yeah, that is definitely a big failure. All right. Well, my next one is one that deeply got touched for me. This actually has to do with the Apple Store. 
and it's the ending of the one-to-one program. Oh, yeah. And August of 2015, they announced that one-to-one was going to be ending, but anybody that still had their membership could use it, but after a certain date, there was no other way to book it, and their goal was to replace it with workshops. They were going to offer these certain style workshops and open training, but I got to tell you, so many people benefited from this one-to-one program. Did a lot of people take advantage of it and just use it to like spend time with like someone to learn? But they were still learning stuff. They were still doing things. It wasn't like they were annoying us. And it was $99 for training for a year, which is a tremendous deal. I thought the biggest thing, those people kept coming back and spending money. You know, they were buying hard drives because they were listening to us. They would buy hard drives. They would buy better Macs. Like, there was actually a benefit to it that I don't think the workshops today could do. People like to have that one-to-one experience. At least I think they do. Uh, I would agree. Yeah. I mean, if you were able to pay for a service to have somebody sit there with you and teach you about Apple products that you're paying for... Why wouldn't somebody want that? Like there was people, there was still a demand for it, and I don't know why Apple didn't listen to that. And I don't work there anymore. So I'll tell you a little hint: people would hire me on the side to go work with them. Sure. <clears> and right. I got paid, and I got paid like fifty dollars an hour. Yeah. Think of it like this: one to one was a great deal that everyone didn't take advantage of. They had a data transfer that also came with it, but the fact is now we don't have that that customer relationship that we used to have when one-to-one was around and what we could do with that with, with the people we had. For me, if I think that one thing they could have done to keep it around is they should have offered it for free. Done like, let's say, every, with every Mac or iPhone purchase, you get three free sessions. That's just today at Apple, isn't it? Like, today Apple's free. You can sign up for the sessions. It's yeah, the but same then, but kind of scope. Setting. It's, it's the one-to-one interaction I'm referring to, not so much the today at Apple sessions. I think they're, yeah, they're but too I, scripted. I, they're too scripted. No, you're right. And they're too spe- and they're too specific too. Like they're teaching them GarageBand for iOS, and then they're teaching them. Like we did a training where we had to go out in the mall, make sounds, and try to make that into a song. Like what? <laughs> like, that's just pulling like, teeth a, right there. That's it was so difficult to do. Yeah. Like you're supposed to use your environment to make music, and I'm like, ah. That, it's such a weird, specific type of training now where I think a lot of people will just benefit from a simple experience. And one-to-one to me was simple. Yeah, but uh, if I never come back, I'm sorry, Will. That's all right. <laughs> uh, I, don't, I don't work there anymore. Yeah. I feel bad for I felt bad for the creatives because that was difficult to deal with, the transition from one-to-one to these workshops because it took them years to figure out what they wanted to do with it. It took them like two years to figure out what to do with it. Sure. Them. Yeah. When Apple changed their retail bags, they changed from these the plastic drawstring to right. now the eco-friendly paper bags. I loved the drawstrings. They were just they were awesome. You could you could use them for so many different things. I used them to go to the gym. You can use them for groceries. You can use them for like just going away on a weekend. It was so versatile than just being a regular uh, retail shopping bag. But I understand they had to get away from plastic. They want to become more green, and I get that. But then they started transitioning to these paper bags, which was 100% made out of paper, recycled paper. But then they transitioned to not offering a bag with your purchase. If you were to come to the Apple store and buy a MacBook Pro 15-inch, 
it wasn't a given that I would give you a bag as a retail employee for you buying for you buying the laptop. You had to request the bag, and in some states, you had to pay for the bag in addition to your purchase. I know in California stores, it was like five cents or ten cents a bag that they had to pay for on the product if you wanted it with your product. But that's a law. They've had that for a while. Well, no, I, I get that, but I'm just saying, like they made it, they mandated in Apple retail that a customer now has to ask for the bag, and you can't just give it to them. Of all and the like, things of the decade, that that's like one of the worst things you thought of. I mean, it just bothered me. Like, uh, like imagine you're buying a twenty-five hundred dollar computer, and you're not gonna get a bag with it. You just gotta walk into the streets with your, with your computer. You walk throughout the mall with a dude. There's a big the Apple mall, logo on a, the bag. What? There's a big Apple logo on the bag anyway. But at least they it's know covered. It's part. You know, like at least it's covered. Uh, it's covered. <laughs> it's I'm just covered. saying. The, re- right. the the first of all, the drawstring bags were awesome. They should bring it back, but then they shouldn't because it's not good for the environment. Whatever. They're still there though. It's not like they don't have bags. They still have them. Right, but you just got to request for them. And then sometimes I know at our right. store they they ran out of the bags a lot. Like especially during the holidays because people would take it like, oh, can I get one of those bags? I, I like to use them as yeah. as gift bags. Yeah, I did like the drawstring ones. They were really cool though. It, people did use them for gym bags a lot. Dude, like, I have so that. many from all the shirts that we got over the years. I have all. I have kept them all the bags. Keep them. Yeah. Yeah, keep them. Now, there's something in retail, too, that I didn't like either. And I don't know if you were around for this one. Were you around for the first Apple Watch? No. I was hired okay. the summer after. So when Angela came aboard, when the first Apple Watch was released, this is a, such a one of the worst decisions that they thought. But we were trained how to put a watch on someone correctly and how to do it like a jewelry person would oh, do it. Oh, man. It That's was so the awkward. dumbest it was the most awkward like they're like you can't touch their wrist you have to turn over their hand you have to put it around their wrist like buckle it for them it was the weird and then of course that the screen wasn't usable it was just a, a constant loop right 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 and it was really weird and this was definitely an angela thing yeah yeah that was stupid this is where it was like angela uh, this is a we're a tech company because she came from burberry I, right yes and I'm like, it's so like I'm I'm training to learn how to do this. There's guides on how to do it the right way. We all felt extremely weird. And by the second Apple Watch that came out, they realized, oh, this is a tech product. <laughs> <You know? laughs> it, it, it's really weird how we had to handle the watch and do it a certain way, clean it correctly. It was just way over the top. And I'm like, Angela, we are not jewelry people. We are tech people. They don't care about the way we put the watch on the person. Yeah. And this is like one of the signs for me. I was like, wow, she's really dumb. Like, like <laughs> really dumb. Like, I should talk with seriously. her hands. On top of it, she also is the reason why one-to-one went away. So it's, you know, for me, you know, I don't have a great relationship with her. <laughs> so my next one is, I think I mentioned in a couple episodes, the MacBook Pro Touch Bar came out in 2016. Ah, that's a good 2016. One. A lot of customers that I talked to in the store when I worked there, and a lot of friends that I have and family and stuff like that that I talk to now, they don't like the Touch Bar. It's it's they feel like it's unnecessary. It was kind of Apple's way of trying to be a little bit more innovative and different on how they created their keyboard uh, kind of workflow, and it just didn't work. And I wish they would just give up on it. But now it's standardized in all the MacBook Pros. Now you can't get one yep. without it. 
For 90% of the time that I use it, it's worthless. Now, with the newer 16-inch MacBook Pro, they raised the touch bar out of the from being flat. Right. And they had the escape key added as a seconder. Now, that makes it better. I always accidentally hit the touch bar. It happens. I have a touch bar uh, model 15-inch. I don't like the touch bar on this model. It gets in the way. I accidentally hit stuff all the time, and I don't like it. So the fact that the 16-inch kept the touch bar but raised it up just a little bit, it'll stop you from accidentally hitting it. And the fact that you have an escape key now, which is like, I think something should have been on there to begin with. So yeah, I oh agree my God. with that one. Right. Yeah. Jeez. And I would, I'm going to be shocked that this is not on your list, but one of the worst moments of the decade was the Apple battery program. Oh my God. Yeah, you're right. Wow. So I think it's because I repressed it from my memory. <laughs> yeah. There, Apple came out with a battery program in 2017 for the entire, was it 2017, right? The entire year. Yeah. You could go in with your iPhone and get a $29 battery replacement, and it was good for anybody. It was good for anybody. Didn't matter if the battery was failing or not, but the biggest problem was Apple did not anticipate everybody coming in right away, and they all ordered their batteries all at the same time. They didn't care about if the battery was filling or not. They just did it because it was $29. And the and at one point, Tim, how many batteries did you count again? At one point, I counted 2,000 batteries in one morning. In our building. Yeah. In our building. 2,000 batteries. Just picture 2,000 batteries in the back of the store. And one dude it, fizzily counting every single one. Twice. I had to do it help. twice. Because you had to scan yep. it twice. The battery program was one of the worst programs for the fact is that Apple just wasn't ready for it. They didn't manufacture enough batteries for everybody. We didn't have the tools installed in the iPhone for the first couple months when we showed the maximum battery percentage. That came out later. And then we could explain it to people a little bit better. But when the first program first launched, no, we couldn't. And then on top of it, people would come at end of night. We would have three-hour wait times to get batteries done on weekends. It was just insanity. I've never been a part of that. People had to, We had to hire people outside of Apple to come in. We had to get specialists trained to be uh, fixing batteries. Imagine the amount of thermal vents that probably occurred on it. It just was not very well organized. And I think Apple, this program helped them change a couple things around, especially... You know how they time repairs, what they what they write down in repairs, and also if you think about it, our iPhones now have the battery, you know, capacity built into it because of this program. So there were some good things, but it is a worst moment of Apple. It's, it's definitely a downside of them. Yeah, it, it was just awful to be an employee during that time, and it was. It, you didn't get compensated for that yeah. either. The amount of time that we had to put into that. And the other, you know, and and then and then all the Mac customers were getting delayed because we had to focus on them. Right, and then just the icing on that is the media outlets didn't help at all. They just made it worse mm-hmm. because they would make their headlines, go go, go to the Apple store now, get your battery replaced, or Apple yep. blah, 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 tells you that your battery is needs to be replaced, go there now, get it replaced for $29, yep. get it before the year ends. Like it was, just, it was just awful. So my final one is the 12-inch MacBook. Um, ah, good choice. Yeah, so a couple reasons why I don't like this. It was kind of a 
I like to describe it as a first mover Mac. At the time, a USB-C was very new to the market. You know, you, you saw it in a lot of the Microsoft products, USB-C, but it never really came over to Apple products yet. So this was the first product that actually introduced the USB-C on the MacBook. And it only had one of those. And it was kind of marketed as a, you know, a commuter type because it's small, lightweight. It was the thinnest th iPad that they made yet, the lightest iPad that they made yet. Came in various different colors, which was also a tie-in. And the processing power was, at the time, comparable more than a MacBook Air, but nowhere near a MacBook Pro. So it was kind of in between until the uh, iPad Pro came out. Then it kind of got beat out by the iPad Pro. It introduced this new keyboard type, which they called the butterfly keyboard, which a lot of people didn't like because they felt like it, the keys would stick a lot. And as Will can attest to, it was almost impossible to repair these computers. Offered a reti re retina, retina display. <laughs> and uh, like I said, this was just a computer that asked people to change how they use computers. And if you needed something to just you know, sit with something small on a train when you're going from to work or, you know, you're traveling on an airplane, something like that. Maybe you could buy this. But then again, it was pretty expensive. It was almost the same price as a MacBook Pro. Um, they retailed starting price at $1,299. Um, so they weren't cheap. Nope. To whereas you can try to sell yourself on a MacBook Air, very similar in weight, but a little bit bigger, but it has the ability to plug things into it. At, the, at that time... You know, it was released in 2015. At that time, people weren't ready to get rid of the USB ports yet. Maybe it entered the market at the wrong time, and it had a pretty short life, uh, shelf life. You know, it only lasted until this four, year. So yeah, yeah, four years. Four years. So, Think about yeah. I, 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 my thoughts on that. Yeah, like the oh, trust me, the, my wife has one of these. And the main reason why the color, right? It was all about it was all about that rose gold, the rose that gold, gold yeah. color. That had a lot to do with it. It, I'll be honest, some people did like the lightweight of that MacBook, so there was an advantage to it. It was the first one to not use fanless to use fanless technology built into it. Yes, you're right. But yeah, this was like a very niche person, and people that bought the MacBook, I felt sorry for them because it was not a great design. I'd rather rather you got the MacBook Air. Yeah. At least you had all the USB ports on it. But for me, it's like one port. It was USB C. It wasn't even Thunderbolt, so you couldn't use. Thunderbolt no, you had to get adapter. Yeah. You couldn't use an adapter. There's no Thunderbolt technology built into it. And on top of it, you brought it up perfectly, which I didn't even bring up as my top five worst, the butterfly keyboard. Yeah. You know, for me, this kind of ties into it because it was the beginning of the butterfly keyboard, which has turned into a mess, which thank God Apple this year, after four years, finally said, we're going to put a normal keyboard back into it. But still, for the next like four years, they have to fix these keyboards and batteries and these top cases for free because of that mistake. Yep. All right. Now, if you thought being an admin during the Apple battery program was great, do you remember the iPhone 5 sleep button program? No, it wasn't working. So Apple initiated a sleep-wake replacement program because the buttons would get stuck on the... Uh, they would be stuck down permanently. Oh, yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, right, right, right. So we had... This was the beginning of a couple things. One... The diagnostics that you see that we run on the phone were developed based on this program, because we used to have oh, to cool. check. We used to have to check the entire phone out. We would check every button, press it with like a black stick, 
plus where the sleep button was broken and it would it would actually run a diagnostic on it this was one of the very first times that this happened but this was a nightmare because we were sending your iPhone 5 out for repair they had to give you a loaner but back then the loan to move your sim card over to the other phone was completely different and we've had to do it all by paperwork it wasn't built into Mobile Genius like it was oh, when you were there. Oh, that's awful. Yeah. So we had to keep a record of everybody, and I believe it was out there for a good amount of time, like a good like two weeks. That was uh, pretty, pretty crazy. Uh, this How long did the appointments like last? 45 minutes about. Oh, my God. We have to run these diagnostics. We never run them before. We have to fill out paperwork. We have to give them a loan or... Uh, iPhone, which by the way, some of the loaners' sleep buttons didn't work. <laughs> and of course, we had to erase the entire iPhone when we did it. Wow. Yep. So you had to do iTunes backs up in the stores, or they had to do them before we did anything. Holy crap. Yep. So this is pre, like this was the very first program we ever did a loaner for. So cool. that's why I remember this very well because it and I was at the time a family room specialist and admins were in charge of kind of doing the paperwork and all that. You if you thought the Barry program was bad, this is <laughs> nothing compared to that was nothing compared to this ba- the sleep wake program because it would take forever to get it done and it it was all physical paperwork that you had to take care of it. Yeah, I wouldn't like that. Yeah, so if you ever get a chance, look up how that iPhone 5 sleep program went. All right, so now that we are done with the worst, let's talk about the best products of the decade. We have 10 years, Tim, to go through. Yeah, so let's see if any, let's see if any of us have the same stuff yet. So far for the worst, we didn't have one thing. I was a little surprised. Yeah, isn't that crazy? That's kind of yeah. cool, though. Yeah. So we found 10 things about Apple we didn't like. Let's see what happens with uh, the best. So let's start <laughs> it off. Go ahead. All right, so... It's my one of my favorite features that ever came to the iPhone, uh, and it's called Apple Pay. Uh, Apple Pay was introduced in 2014, so it's about five years old now. Uh, at the time, like the the MacBook 12 inch, it was a kind of first mover. People didn't know what contactless pay meant, you know, that you can just use your iPhone to pay for stuff, and it just made it so easy. Um, at the time, when I would try to communicate to customers about what Apple Pay was, it's the ability to secure, securely purchase something at a, at a, you know, a vendor or at a store and stuff like that. The only one that is able to access your Apple Pay is you. And how that's accessed is at the time by Touch ID or the PIN number or a passcode on your phone. And now it's going to be accessed by Face ID. If there's that two-step kind of authentication that goes into it, which is the first authentication is you physically pressing a button to activate Apple Pay. And then the second is that other features, whether that's touch ID, face ID, pin or passcode. So at the time you could use it at a lot of different like merchants like Target, Walgreens, CVS, ShopRite always had it. And it was just awesome. And you could load any of your major credit cards and debit cards into the system, into your wallet app and use this contactless pay anywhere. And now they have it everywhere. It is 2019 and contactless pay is everywhere. I can go to the supermarket and leave my wallet at home. You know, I can go to a concert and not have to fussle for my wallet all the time when I have a couple beers in my hand and a bunch of other crap. All I have to do is use my Apple Watch or my iPhone. It's the easiest program ever. And once people 
realized how easy it is to make a purchase, they will they never turn back. I mean, I've I use it ex- almost exclusively now, especially with the introduction of Apple Card. Apple Pay has become a prevalent part in my user experience when buying stuff. And you can even use Apple Pay on e-commerce websites now. Like it has evolved mm-hmm. into something that's so much bigger than what it was and what they probably anticipated. For me, this was the biggest home run that they've that they had software-wise in this decade, in my opinion. Yeah. And I think it also developed the wallet app. So now, like when you go on airlines, now you have you, know, you scan your airport. Um, you don't have to do a boarding pass anymore. It's yeah, on your phone it's all now. your phone. And the wallet app is all part of that too. So yeah, yeah. There, there's a lot more. I think that just the car, like the actual technology itself, it led to a lot more too. That's now out there. I agree. Apple Card, Apple Card, and specifically Apple Pay, is a great invention. I use it all the time, and it's all about your security, and that's the most important yep. thing. So let's talk about mine, and I have to say the AirPods. That's on my on list. My list. <laughs> Finally, I figured this one would be on both of our lists. Uh, but AirPods are the best design breakthrough in technology when it comes to headphones. This is why the headphone jack is good to go away yep. when you have something like this that you can tap on, listen to, and it's available everywhere, and everyone has it. You now see people... Like walking in restaurants, and they have, and like especially kids, they have it in their ears. You know, walking and it's affordable. around just to its, yeah. And for one hundred fifty nine dollars, it's totally worth it. And then if you want to jump to the pros to get that noise reduction, it's worth it too. So, AirPods for me is one of the home runs that Apple created this year. That was such a small thing that you would not have realized how big it was because for two years straight, working in Apple retail, we sold out of those every oh, year. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I mean, I, I have nothing really to add because it's just really that perfect product for me and for a lot of users that have them. Um, so, yeah, th- it was definitely a home run. This one's a very small win, and I, I imagine a lot of people will be cheering silently for this, but the transition of the Magic Keyboard 2 and Magic Trackpad 2 when it became the wireless and now it could be charged via lightning, that yeah. came around in around 2015. That was huge. Like no more batteries. No more Apple, batteries. Apple yeah. came out with that battery charger that you can like charge your your double A batteries with. That never worked. I remember that thing. I had bought one of those. <laughs> yeah, and like the trackpad all the time, you would run out of batteries on a weekly basis uh, if you used your trackpad all the time. Being able that now that you could charge it with a lightning cable, it's just a huge win. And 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 for me, it was one of the best products. And it's small, you know, like you don't really think about that, but. You don't, you're not yeah, wasting I, money on batteries you know, anymore. A lot of people don't realize when you spend $79, you're getting the keyboard and you're getting an extra lightning cable with it. So you got to yes. remember that too. Yeah. So that's a $19 value alone because the cable's worth that. That's actually a pretty good one. So I thought another good one, Apple Watch Series 4 specifically. Oh, I did Series 3 specifically. Yeah. <laughs> so Series 4 for me was the watch that should have came out the first time. It was just design, the e- the ECG built into it, the the new look of the monogram built on uh, on the new uh, watch phases. It was faster. It had more battery in it. To me, that this was the perfect Apple Watch. There was nothing about it for me that I hated it. And coming, there was the one that changed me from the my original Series 0 to my Series 4, and it was totally worth uh, upgrading the watch and all the different features that it could have done. Uh, well, you had Apple Watch Series 3. So, I mean, obviously, cellular has got to be the reason. Right, so I was just going to say that. So 
you know, just to add on to what the Series 4 versus Series 3, it's just because of the addition of cellular. Tim Cook came out on the stage and said that you can have 40 million songs on your wrist. That is just, it was an unbelievable thing for me because I could never imagine that, you know. Like, I always claim that it's Inspector Gadget stuff, these Apple Watches. But th- to be able to, you know, exercise or, uh, you know, walk on a beach or do whatever and not have your phone with you and listen to music was the coolest thing that immediately hooked me on, onto a cellular model. Um, but yeah, I mean, Series 3, Series 4, there is cha- there is differences, but the Series 4 is a perfect watch. I do agree with Will on that. I have one, and I'm not going to be upgrading from here unless something astronomical comes out. But yeah, that, that cellular feature is definitely a great upgrade. This is a very big thing that a lot of people may have not thought of. Apple split their stock seven ways. And wow, I'm trying nice to remember one, the man. year, you know. So if you don't remember the year, that was June of 2014. It was a seven to one because their stock was at seven hundred dollars a share. They split that seven ways so that more people could invest into Apple. And how that has paid off for me is I can't even explain. You know, sure. if it yeah. wasn't for that split, and I've been a part of the company when it split. One time, another time in the this is before the 2010s. I was part of that too, but the fact that they split the stock seven ways was just an incredible moment for me because I just couldn't believe they were giving that away. Yeah, I wish I was there that moment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, damn right you should have been there for that moment. You know, Google doesn't do that. Amazon don't do that. Yeah, they haven't. You know, it's crazy to me. That was one of the biggest moments for me because of what it's helped me out financially for. But I think it helped anybody that had their stock, anybody that had it, you know, benefited from that. Yeah, I believe it, man. So yeah, I'm going to share my last one here because uh, Will and I kind of shared similar ones that we already had, um, and that's the Apple iPad Pro. So it was originally released in 2015. It was this large 12.9 inch model. And, you know, that's the size of a MacBook screen. And it had the processing power of a MacBook Air and had a beautiful display. It introduced the Apple Pencil, um, so it was kind of a feature of a stylus. It introduced this keyboard that can go along with it. And the reason why I say this is kind of a win in the decade for the iPad in, in itself is because it became in the conversation now it can replace your computer. Whenever customers would come into the store and they'd be like, well, I want my MacBook to have a touchscreen. Well, then buy an iPad. But they're like, well, an iPad's not powerful enough to do what I want to do. Well, the iPad Pro showed you that it is and it can. And especially with the new irradiations that it has today, since 2015, it's unbelievable of what it can do. You gotta understand, they've released a new iPad Pro every year since 2015 because it's working. They're finding ways to update it and make it a more versatile product for you to almost, I shouldn't say almost, it has replaced your computer if you wanted to replace your computer um, at a much cheaper option, much portable option. You know, you're able to do anything that you want on a computer on an iPad Pro. For me, the iPad Pro, I never had one, so that's why it probably hasn't affected me as much as it affected you. But I feel like it's still not there yet. It's not like I have to go buy one like I did with the AirPods. Another one that I thought was really big was EasyPay was updated in the Apple stores. Back in the day, we were using these old Windows-style like scanners and everything, and then they finally upgraded and used an iPod Touch, 
and we had a scanner built in. That's when we started using the Easy Pay that are currently used in the store. Because uh, it was all about the speed. We were using our own app to do it. It was much better creating, selling an iPhone was a lot faster now because of it. So for me, from a work like experience, it changed the game for me. And then they started using iPhones uh, to be a part of it instead of the touches. Uh, but that was a big one for me. You weren't there for that. So the Easy Pay system is the best wireless system to buy, use to buy something. And then on top of it, the Apple Store app, you can they have Easy Pay built into them. So yeah. you could walk into a store, go on the shelf, buy a product that's not serialized, scan it, and take it out of the store. How cool is that? It's, you know, it's, that it's incredible. Game changer. You don't need somebody. You don't even need anybody. But it feels so weird, a, though, to do that. It does. People ask me all the time, like, how do you know we took it? How do you know you paid for it? It's like, we know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then the final product that I had that I thought was one of the best ones was the iPhone 5S. And yeah, my everyone major, loved that phone. That, and not only that, that phone was the last phone that did not have a quality program attached to it. Wow. So, so that, yeah, as a, a technician, you could love that. As a tech and as an employee, it was a beautiful phone. It had that dual LED flash, so that was like the first time they had that yep. into it. And then the biggest feature, the AirPods came with it. They got rid of the old-style headphones, and they introduced the AirPods with it. Yeah, you're which right. Which were a tremendous pair of headphones for $29. And they were, they were yeah. terrific. I, and I still think they're terrific. Yeah, and in fact, it led to the AirPods today that we have, that, that design. So, for me, that was like one of the biggest things. And on top of it, it had the new iOS 7. The biggest change when people went from 6 to 7 and the, the whole blow-up happened, people yeah, were not yeah. ready for that. But at the end of the day, it was, it was definitely really good. And in fact, they kept that design around for the SE. Yeah, I was just going to say that. There. Yeah, They kept it around It was because it was that good of a design phone. People really liked that phone, and I felt like the Touch ID was so. What the Touch ID was incorporated, and that's the big change to it. Yeah. The fact that now you don't have to use because people didn't lock their phones. No, they not at all. Put passcodes. Yeah. But the fact that Touch ID made it so easy, it just looks sexy. It just looked good. Oh well. You know. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> I said it. I mean, there was really not many people that hated it. Honestly. The, it was really the iOS 7 they hated, not so much the actual phone. Right, right. Yeah, no, I've, I've, that's why they brought the SE back. I mean, that's what you said. Like, you know, they, they heard the people, they wanted that design back, and the SE came back. And it was cheap, too, really cheap. Yeah, 399 <laughs> That's our decade episode. Tim, I have to ask you, for what do you hope is under your tree this Christmas? Ooh, uh, a sound bar. Oh, yeah, what about you? Me, I'm hoping for a lens that I want for my camera. Oh, cool. There we go. I need a wide-angle lens. That's the main thing I want to get. Through a fisheye lens. No, I don't want fisheyes. <laughs> they're, too, they're, they're weird. Yeah, they All are right, weird. everybody. So thank you very much for joining us for this podcast. Make sure you subscribe to our iTunes channel, our Apple Podcast channel, our Spotify channel. In fact... You should subscribe to all of them, even if you have, even all on the same phone. Subscribe to all of them. That way we look better. And leave us a review 
on Apple Podcasts. And check us out at Think Different Podcast on Facebook and at Think Different Pod on the Twitter. Tim, I hope you were a good boy this year. And I hope Santa brings you many presents under your tree. You as well, man. Merry Christmas, everybody. We want to wish you all a Merry Christmas, and we will see you next week where we will talk about specifically the best and worst of 2019. We are out. Tim, go to bed, and in the morning when you wake up, Santa will be there. Wow. Really, Dad? Yes, son. (laughs) Good night. Good night, and don't eat those milk and cookies. (laughs) 